Pushkin. Small business owners, this one's for you. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you, who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, N.A. member, FDIC. Copyright 2024, J.P. Morgan, Chase & Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at tmobile.com slash now. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like, this is, this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now, ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus. The story of the week is... Survival of the Richest by Douglas Rushdoff, published on Medium. Congratulations, Douglas. Congratulations, Medium. Congratulations to the richest. To be absolutely clear, I am not rooting for a nuclear war. However, a bunker does seem kind of fun. I mean, in the same way that living in an RV is sort of a fantasy, like the idea of having to live in a bunker just seems kind of cozy and and simplified and intimate and sort of like the way a weighted blanket is. So I'm kind of ashamed to say that I had a little bit of empathy for the billionaires who are building bunkers who are rightfully skewered in this amazing Douglas Rushkoff article, Survival of the Richest. So I've known Douglas just a little bit over 25 years. He's a professor and he's one of those guys who was super into the internet in the 90s and thought it was gonna save us all in some kind of like hippie, utopian, rave party way and then got his heart broken when social media kind of started and now hates all of the internet. 
Anyway, Douglas's story about the bunkers of billionaires begins with this kind of mysterious invitation that he got. So, because you are our uh, our internet sage, our modern philosopher, you get invited to do speaking gigs that are yeah. uh, much better than the speaking gigs I get invited to. <laughs> and you were invited to a particularly good one. You said it was like uh, you were being paid like half of your professor's salary for one speaking gig. How much was that? It's like forty thousand dollars. Could you imagine forty thousand? That's like Hillary Clinton money, right? Or no, I guess no, she, no. She gets way that. more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't flatter yourself. It's oh, well. a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. So the speaking gig starts out pretty normal, except for how much he's getting paid. He's flown business class to some really nice hotel out west in the middle of the desert somewhere. So he's waiting in the green room when five guys walk in. He thinks they're there to mic him up before he goes to speak in some big auditorium. They bring these five guys into the little hexagonal room and they sit around this table and they just sit down. And I'm like, oh, so when are we doing the talk? And they're like, oh, this is this is it. And I'm like about to like open my mouth to, to start talking. And one of the guys goes, so Bitcoin or Ethereum? And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? And he said, well, which which do you favor? Why would they need you for that? Exactly. What I, Whenever I get one of those kind of talks, I know who it's for, right? It's right. for rich kind of hedge fund tech investor dudes. And usually what I try to do is convince them that capitalism <laughs> will kill us all. So it's a, some speech where you excoriate them and then they pay you. It's like an SNME kind of thing. It is. They do like to be excoriated. So they ask me that. They ask me, are Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, you know, very sort of binary betting questions. You know, like, what, which, which do I think is better? Which, where, which is going to dominate? And they, they go around like that for a while until they finally get to the, the big question, Alaska or New Zealand. Like, where should they put their bunker? And it's like my jaw drops. They're actually these guys have come to a, a Marxist media theorist to to give them strategies on surviving what they called the event. The event, as in the end of the world. Writing is hard. Who's got that kind of time when you're already busy trying to be Joe Stein? So he turns on a mic, maybe twiddles a knob, calls a journalist friend who's got an actual job. Auditory, single story, just listen to smart people speak. Conversation filled with information, it's the story of the week. So these really rich guys are asking Douglas how to plan for the event. The event's this general term for any society, any disaster. Everyone's got their favorite end of the world scenario. Might be nuclear war, climate change, electromagnetic pulse, pandemic, revolution of the proletariat, artificial intelligence robots turning on their human masters, Pushkin canceling this podcast. So there's Douglas Rushkoff, the author, podcaster, media theorist, and apparently uh, therapist to billionaires with anxiety issues, sitting in this room being asked for advice for reasons I don't completely understand about how to deal with the apocalypse. One of them said their, their actuaries or whoever and in their insurance division had calculated there's a 20% chance of a global catastrophe in their lifetimes. So they were going to take 20% of their capital and put it towards ways of surviving that. 
That doesn't sound absolutely crazy to me. I'm not saying they're absolutely crazy. Okay. I'm saying they're, this is fucked up though. And the, the part that's, that's uncomfortable about it for me is not simply that they are preparing for what they believe is the inevitable catastrophe. It's that so many of them actually want this to happen. So many of them are harboring a fantasy oh. to have any excuse whatsoever to play this kind of survival of the richest game. First of all, are these all dudes? Everyone yeah, involved of course in they're all dudes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're all dudes. But, but what we actually spent the most of the hour on was yeah. I, then I said to them, I said, well, you know, so they were talking about I, their scenarios and what they had. And they all of them basically had a retreat somewhere that they would go to. I asked them, aren't you guys? I thought you guys had rocket ships. And they're like, oh, no, we're low level billionaires. You know, that's like, you know, Musk and Branson have rocket ships. The best we could do is maybe get a seat on Branson's thing. But that's not that's beyond. Weak. We Weak. could just we're going to have to just hunker down, hire a bunch of Navy SEALs and protect ourselves. And then Wait, they all yes, are obsessed. Navy, with Navy SEALs. SEALs. I know that's because they read. Um, what is up with they, that? They read like Jamie Wheel and some other people. They've all like trained Navy SEALs, you know, the mindset of the Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs kind of represent for them a kind of a almost a stock market mentality, you know, uh, uh, killer be killed mindset. Like Navy SEALs, you put the you know the knife in your mouth and but the Army Rangers the get no love. No, it's Navy like, SEALs. They're pretty badass. I know, and they're tough. You know, they then I said to them like they've never thought of this. I said, well, why are the Navy SEALs going to follow your orders once your money is worthless? And it's like stop them cold. They were like, oh fuck, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Why are they going to find? And then the whole thing started to go through all these scenarios. Like, well, what if I'm the only person who knows the combination to the safe, where the food is? Or uh, what if we have something like we've implanted everybody with a chip for their security, but we could use that to punish them, kind of like a shock collar? And then I said, well, what if you treat your Navy SEALs really nicely today? Like, get your, go to your head of security, pay for his daughter's bat mitzvah today. And it's going to be a lot harder for him to shoot you between the eyes when you're in the bunker later. Douglas, none of the head of securities are Jewish. Let no, me assure but the you. metaphor, you understand yes, no, the analogy. Yes, yes. And, but, but they laughed at it, not just because I was talking about a bat mitzvah, but because they understood that what I was trying to do as my kind of anarcho-syndicalist, loving, rabbinical self was suggest to them that if they were actually nice to other people, rather than externalizing all the harm to everybody else, that maybe they wouldn't have to somehow protect themselves from the rest of the world. I read one billionaire talking to other billionaires about this. And the way he made your point was he said, well, you're going to want to invite your pilot and their family into your bunker because you need your pilot. And of course, you're going to want all the uh, maintenance aerospace people and their families to be in your bunker. And, that, and then basically he worked his way down until you're including everyone in society because you can't, even the king, when he built a castle, was dependent on like the serf farmers. You can't yeah. divorce yourself from society. No, these guys are not thinking straight. They really aren't. That's why it's a fantasy. One of them showed me plans of this bunker that he's having built under the ground, and it had an indoor swimming pool, Sweet. and he had this natural light thing over it. And I'm like, oh, you know, I got a neighbor who put in a swimming pool, and he's always having trouble, you know, with the filter and the heat and the parts. <laughs> Where are you going to be getting your replacement filter parts? And he's like, huh? And I see him talking about replacement filter parts, like on his little pad. Like, dude, you need a working society to get replacement filter parts for your friggin' hot tub and, they, and and i can understand if they're thinking what are they going to somehow hold out for a year 
in their little bunker, mm -hmm. and then you come out and what's there. But no, they're actually thinking this is like it. Did you like these guys at all? No, ultimately, no, I did not. Okay. I did not. And I get along with a lot of different kinds of tech guys. Um, I didn't. And, and I think the reason I didn't was the way they reacted to my provocations was very brittle. You know, I, I felt like they didn't want to really talk. They didn't want to have their vision of their bunker strategies genuinely challenged. I get that. No one wants their entire bunker strategy questioned. But Douglas's critique of bunker strategies was just getting started. Because he was going to accidentally find out way more about them. But first, we're going to let you know about some very important things you're going to need to buy from our sponsors if you hope to live through the event. We'll be right back. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Join hosts Ben Walter, CEO of Chase for Business, and Tanya Nebo, a lawyer and business consultant, on these storytelling journeys of trials, tribulations, and triumphs that hinged on a single event, a split-second decision, or even a stroke of luck. Whether the story is about a warehouse going up in flames or a former partner stealing a whole roster of clients, each episode will showcase the grit, determination, and resourcefulness a small business owner needed to turn a pivotal situation into a springboard for success. Listen to The Unshakables now and learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase, NA member FDIC, 2024, J.P. Morgan Chase & Co. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered... How can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility, meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first-place winner in the industry category at last year's Unconventional Awards from T-Mobile for Business, an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. 
It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. That's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like, this is, this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now, ad-free, subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus. Okay, so when we last left Douglas Rushkoff, the socialist media theorist, he's stuck in this room with five really, really rich guys who are trying to ask him about how to survive the apocalypse. He then writes this hilarious article about this experience for Medium. And when the article comes out, things got a lot weirder. Okay, so after the uh, piece comes out, you get an email from a bunch of people who basically want to sell bunker stuff to rich people. And one they of the- They want me to introduce them to my five billionaires, Why not? right? Oh, I sell the best bunkers. I bet that Navy SEAL, you know, employment service, uh, <laughs> all those kind of things. And one of them is named JC Cole. So who is he and what was his idea that he emailed you about? It's weird. I mean, people are telling me I shouldn't love this guy, but I do love this guy. So JC Cole is a, he's a real MAGA guy, a MAGA Trump supporter guy. He was running, I forgot what country, like, like Latvia, one of these places after the fall of the Soviet Union, he was running like the uh, embassy in the, uh, and the Chamber, the Chamber of Commerce. Of, the American Chamber of Commerce yeah. in Latvia. And he had to do security and all that, but he had witnessed the fall of the Soviet Union and what, how you had to rebuild a society. And he has these uh, uh, a couple of farms and equestrian centers out in Jersey and Pennsylvania, and he got the idea to create kind of sustainable farms in around the country that billionaires could buy shares in. You pay a few million dollars to get shares, and then you have a place to go when the shit hits the fan. So he would build them around near, like two hours away from each major city and have- One was in Princeton. Right, one's in Princeton, one's like in the Poconos. He's trying to build yep. them in different places. And he said, you gotta come, you know, you gotta see this place. And I go, I'll come, I'll come. And he's like, do you shoot, right? And I'm like, so, he's like, bring your boots. So I bring like these, you know, like like wife's boots, right? So to go out like in the mud. What, you bring whose boots? My wife's, but they don't fit. But um, what kind of? You know, to boots. I want boots. He says to bring boots. I've used plastic bags on my sneakers. You know, to, he's got a muddy farm, and he wants to go out in the back and shoot. And, and do you shoot? I I did shoot. Okay, yeah, it was your first time shooting a gun. <laughs> yeah. What'd you think? 
it was kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. cool. There's two kinds of gun. There's, um, I guess there's more than two, but he Shotguns had two. Shotguns and rifles? No, there was a, a, a little gun that shot 22 rim fire. It's like, pow, 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 yeah. right? Which you could shoot and not, it doesn't hurt. Then he had a Glockenspiel, no or whatever yeah. it is, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's an instrument. Uh, whatever. A gun with nine <laughs> millimeters. Yeah. And that, you shoot it and it moves your hand. It really, recoil. It's, yeah, yeah, recoil. It's a whole thing. Okay, so you meet him and you, and his idea, his idea is he's going to build these bunkers, but they're also no, farms. Not bunkers. They're not even bunkers. He's going to build okay. working farms. You buy a share in this farm. You spend like $5 million now and you're investing in a farm. And then when shit hits the van, you come out and you live and work on this farm and there'll be a dentist and a doctor and all the different kinds of things that you need several hundred people living on a farm and there'll be of course a dozen navy seals you know armed to the teeth to guard the place he said something to you that kind of summed it up for me completely he said i am less concerned about gangs with guns than the woman at the end of the driveway holding a baby and asking for food what did he mean by that and how did it affect you well, it was weird. After we had, you know, shot rounds and he was talking about the various kinds of military guys and Navy SEALs that were going to come uh, protect the place. I was like, yeah, but what if a giant gang of motorcycle guys came with chains and machine guns? You know, what? and then he said, yeah, I'm less worried about that than I am the moral quandary of the starving people at the gate. And that's what made me love this guy. So this guy, the part of his plan that I think is great and that none of the billionaires like is that your money doesn't just go to the farm that you're living in. Your money is also an investment in a company that is meant to train people around the country how to build their own farms. Because his idea is, if we're the only ones able to do this, then everyone's gonna be coming and attacking us. That the more resilient we can make the rest of the country, the more we can have other people taking care of themselves, the better off we are. And that philosophy alone from a supposedly MAGA Republican gun-toting guy is what's keeping the tech billionaires from wanting to even invest in him because he's too egalitarian, he's too communist for them. Okay, so your communitarian farm MAGA guy is getting no buyers. And his website looks like crap, by the way. He seems like a guy who's not really plugged into the billionaire tech community. Right. And then there are these other companies like Vivos. They're the ones that sell the old nuclear bunkers. Uh, and then they turn them into what seem like kind of awesome Miami condominiums where yeah. there's like hot tubs and swimming pools and... Yeah, uh, they're like little Dr. No sort of retreats, yes, you know? they sort of yeah. look awesome. And then there's this snazzy video on Vivos while they're playing this song that says, Say Your Last Goodbyes. <laughs> they suddenly have like the basically the coolest looking condo ever. And people are buying into that. And this one called Opetum or something in the Czech Republic. Whatever is happening in the world outside, you can rest easy and live fully in times of tranquility and in times of unrest. That's really just a uh, condos kind of. It's just these gorgeous condos with an indoor pool, but they they're they're in really fortified, you know, subterranean basements and stuff. I mean, it's sort of a version of the RV fantasy for the retiree, mm -hmm. you know, or your tiny house. You know, there's a there's a there's something that's really kind of sweet about having your houseboat or your tiny house or your RV and you just live there and you open up your little meals and yeah. you know that that 
I mean, think about it. It's like, it's a hard world and it would just be so simple. Like, What other amenities did you see that you were like, oh, this is pathetic. It's never going to work out. Every single amenity I saw, I thought was pathetic and wouldn't work out. I mean, the ones that were even more pathetic was, you know, as I did more research and looked at the um, kind of the eco farm ideas that these kind of Burning Man dudes come up with, you know, they have all these great ideas, but they, they, they believe that somehow they can survive in a hermetically sealed world. So like their solution for topsoil is to have these big plastic tubes that you put topsoil in and then you grow your plants there. So you don't have to water the whole earth. You could just water the tubes in which your food is growing. That's nice. But where people do that kind of stuff or vertical farming on rooftops, it's like you get fungus in your system right. and what do you do? You right. call the guy, hey, what do I do? They come in, they they switch out your vertical farm stuff. They say, oh, here's a fresh tube. You know, try a little bit less water next time. Maybe that'll, what do you do if you're in your bunker and your tube gets the fungus in it? It's, I mean, it's like, it doesn't work. There's also this thing that these billionaire preppers do, at least I've read, which is they get LASIK because um, basically the Twilight Zone episode in which the end of the world comes and that guy is super psyched because he yeah. loves to read and he's finally left alone and then, he, and then he steps on his glasses. There was time now. There was, was all the time I needed. That's not fair. <laughs> so they've all solved for that by getting Lasix because they want to eliminate that need. Yeah, well, what you got to realize is the majority of the things they think to solve for are things they've read about in Neil Stevenson or seen in Walking Dead. They're they're really particular. So when you mention something really normal that they haven't solved for, like um, what about contamination of your water supply? Uh, that's not like sexy enough for a novel, but it's like way more possible. All right, there's this thing we thought we might be fun to do with you, uh -oh. which is you don't have to do it. One of these bunker places, Vivos, they have a membership form to apply. And we were wondering if you and I should should fill it out. You could fill it out. Do you want to do you want to at least look at it? You I'll look at to. it. This is I'll not... look at it. Oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. So there's a name and address and stuff, but then it gets interesting. It's like their age, that's yeah. important. Oh, this is like giving sperm. They're probably gonna ask for SAT scores. And yeah. stuff. No, no, it's not like giving sperm. No. It is age uh, then skills and expertise. Number of people in your group. Right. And then skills and expertise. What could mm -hmm. you do? But that's smart. Are you a dentist, an EMT, a hunter, yeah. law enforcement? Right. Journalist is not in <laughs> It's not here. Wait, what would no. we what would we check off? I guess we could check off communications. Yeah. That's an option. Yeah, but the communications thing, can you can you build a ham radio from crystals? Oh, that's what they mean. They don't mean just talking. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I like they have one that's just survivalist. <laughs> Wait, they also have one that's just religion. Yeah, that's pretty good. I could do that. I'm ordained as a rabbi. And then there's an essay section too. I know. It's like applying to Oberlin. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what skills and expertise you have and how you will be a benefit to a Vivo shelter community. This information will assist us in processing your application. I would think the idea is that the more you have to offer the community, the less you might have to pay. You can get a scholarship. You know, oh. if you're like us, you just got to pay the full billion or whatever it is to get in there. So I just need to hire a chemist and a hunter and a seamstress. And make them part of your group. Yeah. We got to form groups. Right. I, my, expert, my expertise is cannibalism. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that won't get you in. <laughs> Douglas compiled all these insane adventures with paranoid billionaires and the people who bunker them into a new book called Survival of the Richest, Escape Fantasies of the Tech Billionaires. It reads like a comedy. At one point, a guy says he never posts anything critical about artificial intelligence because when AI does take over, he doesn't want it to label him as their enemy. And then Rushkoff points out to him that an all-knowing AI is going to be able to figure out what he was really thinking about, whether he wrote it down or not. And the guy totally freaks out. The engine driving that kind of comedy and all the comedy in this book is what Douglas calls the mindset, which he defines in this way. Quote, winning means earning enough money to insulate themselves from the damage they're creating by earning money in that way. It's a really dystopian way of looking at the world. One where society is like just hopelessly screwed and the rich are the ones who can escape to Mars or upload their brains into the metaverse or get one of these bunkers. So after having written this book, would you say anything different to those five dudes in the pavilion than you did at the time? If they would listen, I would probably explain to them that they are the victims of a mindset, right? They're, they're the victims of a mindset that sees technology as a way of isolating and insulating from other people rather than connecting, right? Yeah. So their understanding, where they came from, their lineage that understands nature and the world as this set of unpredictable forces that need to be dominated by technology. And dovetail that with capitalism, which taught them to go to, uh, to colonize places, extract the value, leave devastation, and then move on. That if, those, if that's your lineage, if that's your heritage, what do you think you're going to get? You're going to get a bunch of billionaires wanting to execute on the ultimate exit strategy. But there's another way, right? There's another way. Did the, the original five guys that paid you to come speak to them ever get in touch with you again? One emailed me or LinkedIn at me actually. And it was really short. It was just something like uh, after the piece came out, he's like, that wasn't fair. Oh. He was hurt. But didn't get into it with you. That was just... No. Just... I didn't say anything in the article that I didn't really say to them up front, you know, and I was kind enough not to expose them. Yeah. You know, although I probably, they, I probably signed something that I couldn't anyway. That wasn't fair. Such a sad response. Yeah. Is there anything prepper wise that you took from them and you're like, well, I'm going to do that one thing. No, if anything, their pathos, their silliness kind of relieved me of all pretense that I can go it alone. And what it did was it it really um, led me to want to double down on my commitment to making my community a place that will be resilient. Unity is, is so much more powerful. Thank you for writing the story and the book. And thank you for talking to me. And uh, thank you for making me realize I don't need all the millet that I've got stored in my house. You don't. Uh, Douglas is right. Our only hopes to save society. You can find Douglas Rushkoff's article, Survival of the Richest, on Medium. He also has a new book out with the same title. And, and finally, 
If someone happens to have a reasonably priced bunker with a podcast studio, or if you're an angry billionaire or an expert in the Twilight Zone who spotted the one mistake we made, please email us at sotw at pushkin.fm and do it soon before it's too late. At the end of the show, what's next for Joel Stein? Maybe he'll take a nap or poke around online. Our show today was produced by Lydia Jean Cott and Nisha Benka. It was edited by Robert Smith. Our engineer is Amanda K. Wang. Our executive producer is Catherine Girardot. And our theme song was written and performed by Jonathan Colton. And a special thanks to my voice coach, Vicki Merrick, and my consulting producer, Lauren Zelaznik. To find more Pushkin podcasts, listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Joel Stein, and this is Story of the Week. I've never had this discussion. Is it MAGA or MAGA? I don't know. It's I, spelled M-A-G-A. No, I know how it's spelled. It's <laughs> I, I've always said MAGA, but you know- it's, MAGA? It, it's MAGA. MAGA? Yeah, I think you need to hang out with more of these people so you can pronounce MAGA. their- yeah. They say MAGA? Well, from there in the South, they say MAGA. Here in the North, we say MAGA. MAGA in is Canada, the, it's certainly MAGA. It's the Jewish accent version. It's the tomato of uh, tomato. It's the Well, Jews, we say MAGA. <laughs> <laughs> the tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. It all started with two federal agents who heard a rumor. She mentions, well, there is this alleged murder to have taken place. There was just one problem. They had no clue who the victim was. We have to do our job, and we have to find out who did they kill. It had been 15 years since this alleged murder. Was it still possible to unearth the truth? I used to watch um, the Unsolved Mystery shows, and I often thought about calling because I was like, this is, this is not right. How can a person get killed and no one knows anything? I'm Jake Halpern, and this is Deep Cover, The Nameless Man. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to hear the entire season right now ad-free, Subscribe to Pushkin Plus on our Apple Podcast show page or on pushkin.fm slash plus. Wow.